You're listening to The Tech Box. Hello and welcome to episode 28 of The Tech Box. I'm here with Richard Yates. Hi, Richard. Good evening, James. It's James Honeywell speaking. Okay, so let's just kick off uh, today's podcast with the news that we're just getting that Flickr is sort of getting away with its free tier. Yeah, it appears to be about to commit social suicide, doesn't it? Uh, I suppose uh, a little bit. I, mean, I, I I've not heard anything about this other than, than the words that are going round, but but the the story that, that I've seen is that they've decided that in future, if you're on the free plan, you're only going to get a thousand photographs of storage. Uh, and if you want more, then you've got to pay $50 a year and you've got to do it by the end of November, which, um, yeah, is a pretty huge turnaround. I mean, I, I've just, just logged into my Flickr account on which I have 79,657 photos. How do you see, I'm on there now as well, how do I see where my, uh, oh, 14,978. Yeah. So there aren't going to be very many people, I don't think, who have less than 1,000 photos and are going to qualify for the free layer. Certainly so not that are going to want to use Flickr going forwards, because if you haven't hit it now, you're going to hit it pretty soon, aren't you? Yeah, you It's only a so. year or two's photos, I would have thought, even if you're a light user. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say, I mean, I, I just, just come back from a fortnight away. I don't know how many photos I took, but it was more than a thousand. Um, that doesn't mean they're all good, but, but uh, certainly more than a thousand. And, um, yeah, I, I, I feel a bit, bit set up there. Having, having been a, a paid member for many years, I came to the conclusion last year that it just wasn't as flexible as, uh, Google Photos. And I, I basically took the view to, to make it the, the reserve online storage for my photos. Well, I don't really feel a great urge to fork out $50 and, and my wife as well uh, for something that I actually use very little. Uh, I, I'd have thought they, they basically, this is pretty close as far as I can see, to saying we actually want to pull the plug on the free service and just uh, shrink the size of the thing down hugely, yeah. which is very sad. Yeah, I'm actually thinking, though, that we're used to getting our services free from Google by paying in our privacy, aren't we, generally? Yeah. And Flickr, if it was a bit better, is probably one service which I wouldn't be too upset paying a small amount for. And what are we talking these days? £40, maybe? For, yeah, uh, there are thereabouts. So I think if they had, by far and away, the best mobile apps, far and away the best web app and maybe the one thing that i'm really missing which is probably too much to ask for is um a picasso style simple uh photo manipulation desktop client which they don't have which they don't have but if they did then i'd probably be up for it i think when i what i notice is that you don't have to zoom in very far on for instance the ipad or the ipad pro which we'll probably touch on later to see that Flickr's not really delivering the full-sized image onto its mobile client. So that's one of the big problems that I have with it. So I think I might have to have a little bit of a check to see what state it is before I totally pull the plug. I'm reluctant to pull the plug on it. The other thing is that I like, I don't like having all of my eggs in one basket. So I don't like having all of my eggs in Google uh, for Google Photos. So I quite like the fact that I've got a completely duplicated set of photos on google photos and on Flickr, both of which are accessible on all platforms so ios android web whatever 
I think uh, the other yeah, option, I guess... You nearly said Windows Phone then, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, Windows Phone, Palm, you know, all the classics. Mm. So yeah. I think maybe I'd have to start looking at Apple Photos, which I purposely don't use because it's so Apple-centric. Even though I've got a lot of Apple kit, I don't yeah. want to be totally limited to only being on one platform. Well, same sort of thoughts, really. I mean, uh, the biggest problem, I think, with Flickr is the quality of their mobile apps is very poor. I mean, just looking at, at the photos I've got online, um, the, for some reason best known to itself, the last photo it's backed up automatically is from the, 28th, uh, sorry, the 21st of October. Now, given that I was uh, on holiday until the 26th, and I know I took some photographs in the intervening five days... Where are those pictures? Why have they not backed up? You know, and and you just think, oh, it's not actually doing the job that it, that they've already got me paying for. So, yeah, that sounds like an obvious sort of bug, doesn't it? Well, it, yeah, and it happens all too often. I mean, it's it's most probably something like iOS shutting down. But even so, I'd still expect something to have gone to uh, to Flickr, and it doesn't seem to have done. So, yeah, I, I've got to give this a bit of thought. But I mean, mm, I can tell you one feature that Flickr has that uh, Google Photos doesn't. Hmm. And that's tags, photo tags. Yeah, that's so true. It does. All of my photos are tagged laboriously. It's why it takes uh, absolutely ages to get photos that I've taken either on my phone or on my actual camera actually uploaded onto Google Photos or into Flickr is because I sit down with Picasso, as it so happens, and I tag all of the photos. So I put all of the people in it. And I put all of the locations and all of the scenarios and various bits of tagging, which you'll be well aware of. Mm. Um, but what that means is that when I search for a particular birthday or a particular festival or a particular holiday, I will find it 100%. Whereas, yes, Google's very clever and it will find it 80% of the time. And that's all very impressive. But if it actually honoured the tags that are on there when I upload them onto Google Photos... That would be so much better. And in fact, there are some views that you can take, um, which uh, is basically through, the, you know, the old web albums that you used to get through yeah. Google. If you go in through that address, it takes you to a, I don't know if it still does this, to be honest, but it did a, a year or so ago. It will take you through to viewing all of the pictures uh, that you've got on there, but in this web album format. And you can see that it's still got notice of the tags. So the tags aren't thrown away on entry. They are consumed. They are stored, or at least they were. So why not make them searchable? And use your AI for where they're not there, but where you've got tags, index on them, yeah. make it searchable. Why, why not? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I'm just looking at this, actually. I, I, I took a lot of photographs in the missing six days. Why have they not been uploaded? I, I just don't get it. Is it the old thing where you just need to load up the app and get it awake, and then once it's awake, it'll start it, uploading? It, it may be, but I'm sure it's not supposed to work that way, and I'm not convinced that it was working that way. People suggest that that's the case with Google Photos. I'm, yeah, it seems like a slight old wives' tale, but a lot of people have said that. Worth a go, but... um. Yeah, I guess the truth is I've been progressively less uh, and less um, enamoured of Flickr over the last two years or so, there are thereabouts. Um, and it, it may just be that this is the final straw for me. Yeah. Thinking about it, though, I can't think of what other options they have. I mean, if the amount of advertising that the general site and uh, app generate isn't huge, then what other options have they got? I mean, it's not like they're uh, using Flickr photos to as part of a general ecosystem play 
like uh, Google uses Google Photos. Yeah, I think that's true, uh, and, and and part of this is because they lost their way, didn't they? They, you know, they they were uh, a leading brand in, in just about everything, uh, and Google came along and, and stole the cake. I yeah. guess. Yeah, I bet um, you're talking it, about Yahoo here. So yeah, I suppose Flickr yeah. was part of Yahoo and therefore played into the Yahoo ecosystem. But then Yahoo hasn't really gone anywhere. I think it's resting with Verizon at the moment. I think they Verizon sold on Flickr to SmugMug, but I think I think they kept the rest of it. Yeah, I think actually you're probably right. I'm not being very fair because you're right. It was sold on, wasn't it? Uh, I'd forgotten all about that. But yeah, well, what I say to the people who uh, now own Flickr is I'm not convinced this is the way to go about making it pay. Although, of course, you know, they're going to have huge data storage um, requirements. But then, put it another way, they presumably knew that when they bought, when they bought the thing out of, of um, Oath, wasn't it? That was the thing, if I remember right. Giving away one terabyte of storage is, and they've done that for the last few years, that is rather a lot, really. So there's nothing stopping you using that storage to put uh, large videos and lots of all of your photos up there without too much of a problem. Wouldn't you think, though, they'd already taken the hit on that? And that in point of fact, um, you know, they're not going to get massive new numbers of people wanting an extra terabyte of data. Uh, maybe not, but then the sh- business model should always be to get more and more customers, you'd think. You know, it needs to be profitable for a single customer as much as millions of customers, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, I think that's a fair comment. But yeah, so we'll watch this. It's only just been announced, so we'll watch it carefully and see where we get to with it. I suppose the truth is they've gone about it in a slightly sort of um, in-your-face sort of a way. There's no sort of... Um, Look, guys, we need to actually make this thing run at a least break even and preferably a profit because that's what we're in business for. Um, so this is what we're going to do with our pricing. Whereas the, uh, okay, it's the 1st of November and uh, by the 30th, you've got to pay us $50 or we'll delete most of your photographs. Doesn't leave a very nice flavor in the mouth, does it? Not massively. Not massively. Mm. Okay, on to happier things. So how's your iPhone XS Max getting along? I enjoyed it a lot. The, the, um, the well, what can I say? I mean, it, it's it's undoubtedly the best iPhone I've ever had. Um, I took some pictures while I was away, which if they were on Flickr, I'd share them with you. Um, but no, more, more seriously into the point. I mean, it, it took some really good pictures, if I say it myself. Uh, quite a few of which I made into postcards and sent home. Okay. Um, and and I got to say, I do think the camera is genuinely a, a step up from the. Uh, the, the original iPhone 10 camera. Um, mostly, I think, because it seems to be just a little bit faster and it's definitely a lot better in, in low light. Mm, okay. So you know that uh, after promising that uh, this was going to be too expensive of an upgrade, I did attempt to join you on the excess train. Yes, it didn't go very well, though, it? Did didn't it? pan out perfectly and it was all a little bit like Groundhog Day, to be honest. So... Um, if we think back a year when I bought the iPhone X, the first one had a rather annoying uh, defect on the rim where the bit of plastic antenna masking uh, was protruding and it kind of ruined yeah. the feel. And in the process of trying to get a iPhone X with a you know a, a perfect rim, if as it were, uh, I did go through a few and I got down to uh, a final two. And it was actually between a 64 gig one that I'd picked up and a 256 gig one that I'd picked up. And I chose the 256 gig one because it had a slightly nicer screen. And mm. I can't quite remember exactly what the uh, uh, 
comparison was of those two, but I think it was uh, a little bit too much of a warm screen on the one that I sent back and a, a slightly whiter, purer, whiter screen on the one that I kept. Um, and I kind of had the same thing again with this uh, iPhone XS that I got. So I got one mail order uh, and I think I showed everybody in our chat group uh, the conundrum that I was faced with in as much as the new one had a slightly pinkish tinge when you tilt it off axis and the existing X does not have a uh, pinkish hue off axis and there were some comments that oh well the X looks a little bit green but I can assure you that in real life the when you tilt the two off axis the iPhone X that I've already had was fairly consistent in its color yes every oled and every screen is going to shift colors a little bit off axis get a little bit dim off axis but the transition was gradual and it wasn't dramatic and it retained a fairly decent whiteness as it went on the iphone x very quickly it went a pinkish color which was mm. uh disturbing to me and because you know you often have the iphone sat down in front of you on a table or something and you might check it that having it as a pinkish off off color would put me off and um yeah so i decided to take it back but not before i thought well i'll give them one more chance so i went down to the apple store in reading and i picked one up and that one was essentially identical and i actually did a little survey in uh the uh, apple store where i checked the off-axis tint of a whole bunch of iphone xs's and pretty much all the ones they had there <laughs> i can't remember what the final count was i think it was three decent screens for about eight screens that were had a slightly pinkish hue were these on display yeah all the ones yeah. on display yeah and um so they were they're, they're definitely out there on display with this slight uh characteristic and i just calculated that that meant that i would have to on average buy a hell of a lot of these to guarantee one that didn't do this um so the the one that i did buy in the shop uh took back exactly the same problem so i have returned both of them and obviously i feel bad returning anything but um i really for, for as much as i'd like to upgrade the camera i don't want to downgrade the screen you know the screen on no, my no. Uh, the screen on my x is as far as i'm concerned perfect you know it's as good a screen as you would want comparing it to you know the best lcds the best uh, amoleds it is a really great example of the iphone x screen so i'm now thinking well i think you're probably going to keep hold of that now for until the new model comes out so i think it is a question of keep keeping hold of it for another year mm. so how did the staff in the store react to you manipulating every one of their phones and you know, checking the rim and checking the they completely, colour and whatever They else. completely like, ignored me. I'm sure they thought that they were, I was nuts, but they just completely ignored me. It was the first time that I went in rather than the time when I was taking it back um, because I'd heard uh, Kev Wright suggest that uh, the screens weren't quite right. So I wanted to just have a little look for myself. Well, I suppose also by that time I'd already had the pink one, hadn't I? So, And mm. he'd said that he'd gone into a store, I think it was a phone store, and had a look at some of the phones and realised that I think he said all the ones that he looked at were slightly different in characteristics so i went through and they, yeah, and they didn't say anything and, and i did a little bit of a uh, review and it was what was it maybe three to one three of them having a pinkish warmish uh behavior and then one having a 
pretty consistent colouring through the uh, as you tilt it off axis. So, yeah, I think the odds on you getting one that behaves like that are not good. But as you commented, and I think a couple of other people commented, they didn't necessarily prefer the one that I was showing. You know, some people said, actually, I prefer the one that goes a bit pinkish, which is fine. Um, my only thoughts on this are, I think Apple could be settling on a set of uh, glass coatings, polarizers that typically exhibit this effect. You know, um, I th you know, we sort of discussed previously, I think that, you know, a screen isn't just the raw panel. You know, mm -hmm. you need the panel, you need the glass, you need the coating, you need the polarizers. There's so much that goes into one of these screens to, to complete it. And I think Apple are settling on a process, a manufacturing process and a set of materials that is tending to give a pinkish hue rather than anything else. And that could be in response to people taking a bit of umbrage at the blue shift You've got me going, going now. I'm just looking at mine. I mean, no, if anything, it's definitely blue. Although, to be honest, if you tilt it from side to side, there's a blue blueness to it. If you tilt it from top to bottom, there's perhaps a bit of pinkness in it. it, it yeah. It, it doesn't bother me, is the honest answer. It's a nice, clear screen, and that's that's all I'm actually bothered about. And I think that if I'd have kept it for a couple of weeks and just put that out of my mind, I, I wouldn't have thought about it again for the net for the next two years. You know, I'm I'm pretty yeah. sure that that would have been fine. It just so happened that it bugged me, and I thought, you know, the the cost of um, this transaction is going to be high. I sell the iPhone X for let's say six hundred, six fifty, maybe seven hundred absolute tops. The new one is uh, eleven fifty. What's yeah. that? You know, good four five hundred quid that you're having to pay for the you're privilege looking, of uh, upgrading. Yeah, you're looking at five hundred quid, aren't you, on the on the, the upgrade that way? Yeah, which, which of course is why I, I took the crack cocaine route and, and did it on the upgrade plan. Yeah, um, I just feel that if you're buying it outright, you've got a lot more flexibility with just saying no, I want to take this back. It's a bit like why I don't buy Apple Care with anything because if I want it, I'll get it separately. I don't want to confuse this initial transaction. When you say take it back, what do you mean? Well, send it back or take it back. If you've bought the Apple Care, that's two things you've got to return, isn't it? I was thinking, mean, yeah. Well, yes, you, you've still got the, the sort of the and you've got and you've got in, this whole, going in and undoing it all. That's true. Yeah, that's a whole credit agreement that you need to sort of nullify and all the rest of it. It's all a bit of a pain, I would imagine. Anyway, so see, I, I resisted this for some while um, until about twelve months ago when I came to the conclusion that I was really fooling myself and I thought that the iPhone wasn't going to be my main phone, especially because I like to have a, an Apple Watch. Um, and and therefore, I was always going to have an iPhone, so why not actually do it on this basis? And I, I think, for me, it works quite well. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, it's, it's, I've got no problems with the plan. I think the plan is a good plan. I think it's good value given... Well, it's not good value when you consider the, the cost of the phone is horrific, but it's good value in as much as they don't add anything extra interest-wise. It's just... The cost of the phone plus the cost of Apple Care divided over yeah. forty-eight weeks or forty-eight months or whatever it is. So, yeah, it's pretty good. Tw tw twenty months, which is an odd period to have chosen. Oh, it's twenty months, is it? Oh, that's interesting. Mm. Okay, so you took your uh, XS Max on holiday and you went to yep. Spain and uh, you had a look in an Apple store, oh, a Xiaomi store in Spain. Well, I did, I, yeah, I did both. It's quite funny, really, because um, if you know Madrid, then in the middle is a 
Well, it's one of these squares that isn't square, but it's called a square, it, uh, and, and it's called Puerta del Sol. It's the the centre of Spain. It's, I suppose, Spain's equivalent of uh, Trafalgar Square. It's where they have their New Year's Eve party and that sort of thing. And, uh, in fact, it's a sort of five-sided area, and and one complete side, one of the short sides, it must be said, is given over to an Apple store. Uh, it's a great big Apple store, sort of, um, if you look in, in UK context, it's probably getting on for half as big again as the Covent Garden store in, in London, for example. Okay. Um, and, and so a few months ago, um, Xiaomi announced that they were starting out in Spain and, uh, a bit like they, they have here, you know, they're going to launch and they'll have a flagship store and a certain number of items. Um, and, and it was announced that it was going to be, uh, Puerto del Sol. So I thought that's quite interesting. It'd be interesting to, you know, go from one to the other to, to compare them. Well, in fact, it took me two days to find the, the Xiaomi still because it's down a side street, which no fault of Xiaomi's is being dug up at the moment. So there's all hoardings and things hiding it. Um, it's about, I guess, 200 meters off Puerto del Sol, but Puerto del Sol's got about eight roads going off it. So, it was, <laughs> you know, it took, it did take quite a while to find. And there you've got this store, which um, first thing to say was about a sixth of the size of the Apple store. It's basically just a single shop unit. But once you went through the door, the the uh, design language was very obviously very similar to Apple. You know, um, uh, central table, devices all plugged in, hordes of teenagers wrapped around it. Um, they were majoring on the Mi Max 2S. Okay. Uh, I, was, I was hoping they might have had the Mi Max 3. They had about four different uh, phones there. That was the, the full extent of the range. Uh, starting with the Mi A2, they had the Mi Mix 2S, uh, the Mi 8, and I think the Mi Max 3, but I couldn't swear to that. Um, that's, in, that's interesting that they're mixing the Android 1 phone and yeah. the Mi UI phone. That's interesting. I, yeah. I would assume that in the Xiaomi store, they would stick with the... Xiaomi operating system. UI. Yeah, no, they, no, they had the Android one uh, in there. Um, what else did they have in there? Well, I thought they might have had some tablets. There's a, quite a nice uh, Xiaomi tablet, isn't there? But no, there was no sign of that. There were no laptops or anything like that. Did they have the toys the, like the uh, the Segways uh, and the unicycles well, not, and things? Not, not the Segways. They had a they had an electric scooter, which I think. Uh, Mike Warner's had one of those. Yeah. Uh, had the electric scooter. They had the electric toothbrush, which I know Mike has just got. Um, and they had a rather fine looking Xiaomi rice cooker. Ah, which I yes. Don't think, I've, don't think I've ever tried to buy a rice cooker in a, a technology store before, but yeah, no reason why not. Um, they wouldn't let me take any photographs in the store. I couldn't take any photographs from outside the store because of the very large hole in the ground and all the hoardings. Why would they so, not want you to take a photo in the store? Uh, I don't know, but it was all no photo, no photo. So, so did you sort of take, you took your phone out to sort of go it, to yeah, take a photo? It, it, and it they, might have been. They jumped it might have been. Basically, yeah, it might have been because it was an iPhone, I suppose. I don't know. Um, but it, it was very much a case of sort of half doing the job. And the thing that was really interesting was I, I checked out several of the prices before, and I told you there was another phone. They had the uh, the Poco phone as well. Oh, that's might, it's even more interesting. Yeah, I might well have gone for that if it had an FC. Um, but what was really interesting about this all, all told was that all of the prices were higher than Amazon UK. Um, okay. So, so like uh, the, higher than Amazon ES, or um, I haven't looked actually to eyes, but I'm trying to think. Let me put, let me put the Poco phone into Amazon uh, UK and the sort of price was because I can remember what it was in Spain. 
I think I've seen the pocket phone in uh, Amazon UK at two seventy nine, something like that, or two sixty nine. Uh, no, I didn't want Google to do that. Thank you, Google. <laughs> I, I might have clicked the wrong button there, folks. Sorry about that. Uh, so, how much were they F1. selling the Poco phone for in Spain? Three, three thirty-four. Uh, actually, that's interesting. That's not so bad. The Poco phone in the in Amazon now is three twenty-nine. That's uh, so starting to get a little bit. I mean, I know that it's got it's not, a it's eight four five think, processor, but I think the the attractiveness of the Poco phone was it was not too much more than two hundred quid. Two sixty, I think, was the price that I I'd seen. Um, but of course, the price that you you see quoted tends to be that if you order it from from China and uh, don't get uh, caught don't by the pay Batman, uh, any tax where, or anything. Whereas, of course, if you buy it from Amazon, then quite rightly they charge VAT on it. So three twenty nine ninety nine. I, I would very possibly have bought this had it had NFC. Uh, and and to be honest, I don't use Android Pay very much because I usually use Apple Pay. But I, I have used Android Pay. And I would like to be able to use it. And I thought, no, I'm not actually going to get this. But it looks a very nice piece of kit. It was well put together. Yeah, attractive, but no NFC. Come on, Xiaomi, if you want to sell these things in Europe, it's time you sorted them out. Yeah, it does seem a rather small omission. And has the Pucker phone got a headphone jack? I can't remember. That's a good question. I can't either. Um, I've got the page open, though, on, the, on Amazon. Let's have a look. Face unlock. It does, it does look, I mean, genuinely, it looks a nice piece of kit. I mean, me, UI, I've not really got any complaints about I, You know, I use it on the Mi Max 3, it's fine. I uh, don't see any mention of a headphone jack. It certainly doesn't have a headphone in the, in the box, so probably not. Now, I think it, oh, I think the first page of the Google results thinks suggests that it does, but I guess... Uh, oh, yeah, no, I think it does, yeah, on the top. So... Yeah, it's a nice enough phone, isn't it? I mean, I've got the... Um, yeah, it does on the top. I'm looking at a photo of it now. i got the Xiaomi A2 Lite, and I think that is a really great phone, but that's a really great phone in the context of costing 115-odd quid, you know, and for that kind of money, it's just crazy. It's got it's got everything you'd want except for uh, NFC, but, um, you know, I don't tend to use NFC on my Androids, I have to say, so uh, it's not... Huge problem for me that I, I don't very often, but uh, it, it would put me off buying not necessarily buying any phone because I've got I have actually got a Mi Max 3, but then that's a bit of a special case. Um, but it seems to me to be such a silly omission that uh, you know it, it, it's one of a number of things that make me think, No, I don't think I'll bother. And, and indeed, I didn't because I thought, Well, it's not especially cheap, and in point of fact, I'm not sure I've actually got a proper use for it, so I didn't. I didn't get it. I'm obviously losing it, James. Yeah, yeah. You must have been ill at the time, you know. You saw a phone and didn't uh, buy it. You know, it's yeah, crazy. Yeah. Well, I've, I've seen several phones and not bought them lately. I, I haven't bought a Pixel. Uh, funny, funny enough, the uh, one of the strange things about going to Spain when I did was that on Sunday we got the extra hour in bed because the clocks went back, and then of course on Monday I came back and got an extra extra hour in bed because of the time difference between here and Spain. Ah, uh, yeah. And. And it's strange an hour. It doesn't seem to mess me around too much. But um, it, what's happening with having the two-hour time shift is I keep waking up at sort of quarter past five or twenty to six or whatever. And and this morning I sort of went down to make a cup of tea and got the laptop out. And I thought, yeah, I had an email from Google. If I order by six fifty-nine this morning, I, then I get the seventy-five pound voucher to use in the uh, Google store. And even that couldn't convince me to buy a Pixel because I just don't see what the Pixel Three offers. Me. No. Uh, I mean, I've got Pixel Two. You know. Okay. So what? What have we got? Well, we've got uh, we've got Qi charging. 
Um, the camera modes are almost the same. Uh, I just don't really see what extra I'm getting for 700 quid or something. I do, I do really like the Pixel 3 proposition you know it's got a slight it's got the 18 by 9 screen rather than the 16 by 9 screen that's true it looks like a mini version of the xl from last year which was great um okay it's not got a headphone jack but it's got wireless charging um you know that the touch response on it is going to be fantastic the camera on it's going to be pretty much unbeatable um but it's very expensive. So I did order one, but I've, I've subsequently cancelled it before it's uh, arrived um, when they told me it was going to be delayed. So I did order one. I thought, well, you know, it's going to, it is going to have the best camera. It is going to be, and it's going to be about the best Android that you can get. The haptics on it are going to be fantastic as they always are. Um, but yeah, I kind of relented and I thought, no, it's not, I'm not going to do that. One, because it's, the order got delayed. But secondly, there's people comparing the Pixel 2 and the Pixel 3 in various conditions ca- camera-wise, and the difference is basically not there, is it? I mean, if if it is there, it's very slight. Okay, it doesn't have the special features like the stabled zoom and the n- night sight will probably come to the Pixel 3 first, then make its way down to the Pixel 2. But if there's not a huge amount of absolute difference between the Pixel 2 pictures and the Pixel 3 pictures, well, I know how my... V30 and my G7 uh, matches up to the Pixel 2 when using the Pixel camera, and mm. the difference is not significant. Not huge, no. And no, it's and not worth several hundred pounds. And, and in fact, if you don't mind installing a, a, an APK from XDO developers, you can put the Pixel 3 camera and Night Sight on the Pixel 2 now, uh, and it works just fine. Yeah. Have you so, actually have you tried that out, have you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you, it, it, it's the same sort of feeling of, of astonishment as I got when I first tried the night, night um, settings on the P20 Pro. I mean, it, it, it yeah, it, it takes very impressive pictures in the dark. So I guess there's probably a APK somewhere for the V30 then, because I think that the hardware for that V30 is so similar to the Pixel 2 that it's about it's the one phone where I found that the Pixel camera works pretty much as well as uh, as on the Pixel. Yeah, I mean, I had the same on the uh, HTC 10. Uh, the the um, Pixel camera worked very well on that one, and you, you really wouldn't have known it wasn't the native camera. Um, have you got it work on the G7 yet? I've got one of the builds which does sort of work, yeah. I, I, I tried an early build that was floating around, and then I've got the recommended one now. It's not perfect, but it certainly... Uh, gives a less processed uh, image than the default camera. So mm. now I think there's about four, if you see a picture, there's about four ways of capturing it. And I'm saying this not necessarily as a good thing. I actually think it is one of the good things about the um, the iPhone is generally you use the normal camera and it gives you a fantastic shot. It's very simple, very quick, um, really you know, I know you can use third-party cameras on the iPhone now, but generally speaking, you've got one camera to worry about, and it's the default one. Yeah. So on the G7, you can take camera with this default uh, camera, which is over, a little bit over-sharpened, a little bit over-edge enhanced. Uh, you can turn AI on, which sends it a bit more crazy, although, to be fair, I haven't no- noticed a huge difference between having it on and not having it on but it's certainly got all of that edge enhancement on you can take a raw photo i've noticed that the 
uh, after uh, you know Gavin and Stephen were talking about this for the Mate 20 Pro, I noticed that the same is true on the G7. If you put it into Pro mode, then the JPEG that it saves has got less processing than um, the default mode or the uh, AI mode. And then, of course, you've got the fourth option, which is to put on uh, a version of the Pixel camera. And then that, you know, under the correct circumstances, that gives you the best picture quality, the most natural picture quality. Hmm. Well, I mean, uh, it's interesting because I, I, I just still don't get on with the G7. I mean, have you got to a point now where the G7, where you prefer it to the V30? Mm, it's getting there. It's getting really? there. The, the latest firmware has speeded up certain things like the launching of the camera. The flipping between the wide angle and the normal is still a touch quicker on the V30. I think the V the V30 is thinner. The screen is a little bit more um, snazzy, shall I say, because of the OLED. Um, you've got the sort of almost stainless steel rim around the outside if you take it out of the case. It's not confused with the notch at the top. So I think they've both got their pros and cons, but um, the G7 is just so fast because of that processor. Yeah, yeah I mean, it is fast. I'll give you that. It's crazy fast. So, yeah, I do flip between them, to be honest. I, I should probably sell one of them, but I just can't bring myself to do it. I, I keep thinking I'm going to sell the uh, G7, and then I think, no, this is silly. You shouldn't be doing that. You should be selling the V30. And then I put the decision off for another day. But, I mean, you're right. It very nearly dropped the <laughs> V30 there. Um, yeah, it is a beautiful camera, uh, a, bit, a beautiful phone. There's no doubt about it. The um, the manufacturer, I got a Moroccan blue one. What did you get on the V30? I got the lavender violet yeah, one. Yeah, the lavender one. Yeah. 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 Well, that's a, that's a nice one to look at as well. But the Moroccan blue one is just a beautiful looking device. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, I, I'd have to admit that it, it does really look the job. But I just, I don't know, the, the, the G7, I just think looks... A little bit cheap and nasty, if I'm actually honest. It doesn't look like the materials are as good, and it has that LG thing where it feels a tiny bit hollow, a little bit. Yeah. The glass on the back feels a bit plasticky. Um, yeah, but, definitely. Yeah, that's definitely an issue with it. You know, I don't think you can get a a better uh, sort of tall screened phone. So if you compare it to the uh, the 6T or the OnePlus Six, you know, there's so much more on the g7 just in terms of features and i don't think you lose anything um in terms of things like the touch response the frame rate and everything it's just so good on the g7 but but then there should be a big difference between the g7 and for example the one plus 6t shouldn't there because the the price of the thing is considerably different well they're about the same aren't they because if you've got the um really? it's about 400 quid now isn't it the g7 420 yeah, I, 450 I suppose that, yeah i suppose that's true i'm thinking more of the launch price and, and actually what's always true with android isn't it is don't buy it at the launch price i'm sure no and i think i don't think you can go wrong for like 420 450 for a g7 i just think that is that is a, a lot of phone yeah, there's a lot of money. phone for that yeah, yeah and albeit right. it's maybe not as beautiful an object as the v30 but it's certainly as functional if not a bit more yeah well, yeah maybe i should give it another go the, mo- the moment it's sitting sitting there in a, a queue of too many devices just for a change so uh, i don't know how we strayed on to uh g7 and v30 but we you were just sort of talking about the xiaomi uh, store and and what's available there and it's quite surprising uh, via the poker phone i guess it's surprising that they've put the poker phone and the a2 uh in these stores as well as the miui phones because i think that kind of confuses the message about what a xiaomi phone is 
Um, mm. But it's probably worth mentioning that um, me and friend of the podcast, Dan, went to the Xiaomi, I don't know, do we call it launch party? I think it might have been uh, in London. And we had a, a fantastic time and had some canapes and uh, a couple of free cocktails. And it was all great stuff. Lots of fun. You know, we played a few games and um, uh, there wasn't too much in terms of uh, looking at the phones and playing with the phones. But they had a few toys there like you know, the drone and uh, the little Segway device and everything, which was great fun. And um, you get the impression that they're about to hit the UK market fairly hard. Yeah, I mean, they did when they, when they launched in Spain, they, they didn't do it in Holes, did they? I mean, I, I know I've been a bit dismissive about that store. And I, I think, yeah, I, I, I'm, I was actually quite disappointed in that store. I mean, I, I had no need for a rice cooker and, and everything in there seemed to be quite expensive. But it just sort of... It just felt like a rip-off, really. Uh, what, you know. what I'd want to know is whether they were going to be able to provide after-sales support at that store. Yeah. Because if they are, then that is a really good thing. So I'd love to just go to a bricks-and-mortar store, buy a cheap, in inverted commas, uh, Chinese phone, and be able to get... Uh, after sale support on it because that's the problem isn't it with buying one of these phones yeah great value but you get them cheap from uh you know some warehouse in hong kong and what happens when you know the day after you've got it you probably you know you might be lucky with after sale support but you might be left high and dry yeah so yeah. i do quite like the idea of uh, being able to go to a shop in the high street and say okay i've got this uh, poker phone i've got this a2 it's got a problem can you fix it yeah we'll take it away we'll fix it we'll sort it out that was that's the problem with these samsung stores is they're just showrooms so you yeah. can, i don't think you could even buy the phone at these stores or you, there were certainly some fo- some stores where you couldn't and i remember trying to take my uh, samsung kzoom back to one of these stores and they just didn't want to know so, you know, if they've got those stores, you, you want them to be able to do everything, don't yeah, you? You, want, you do. I mean, I, I, I funnily enough, went into the Madrid flagship store, um, uh, Samsung flagship store, that is, um, and uh, that was interesting for the emissions that it had. I thought, oh, I'd be interested to see what the Galaxy Watch is like, because uh, I'm the nod about the Galaxy Watch, and, and I, I've not done anything about it, because I wanted to actually see what, what sort of size one was. Um, I know we haven't got any of the Galaxy watches, but you know we can we can show you the wristband one. And I don't want the wristband one. I'm not interested in that. I want to know what the uh, the actual sort of the, the the new Galaxy watches. Yeah. So yeah, those stores aren't aren't really very good at all. I don't think I don't don't, don't rate them. No, but yeah, good luck to Xiaomi. I I think um, I really like the A series. I loved the A one. I'm loving the A two Lite. Um, you know, people have gone a bit crazy for the poker phone in terms of value for money. And, uh, you know, they're bigger, more uh, esoteric phones like the uh, Mix and the Max. They're, you know, you, you've had those, haven't you? And you've, you're a big yeah. fan of them. They, well, I, I had the Max 2 until the Max 3 came out. And, um, yeah, it's not, it's not the finest phone since, since phones came out. But, for example, a couple of times now I've been away for a weekend and just taken the Max 2 with me and a little Bluetooth keyboard, and it's been fine for emails and browsing and, and writing your, your thing down and whatever. Um, and the interesting thing about the Max 3 is it's got an, a, 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 try again, it's got a much improved uh, camera over the Max 2. It's still not a great camera, but then 
it's not expecting to be. The the phone cost me, I don't know, 240 quid, something like that. It's not uh, not by any stretch of the imagination an expensive device, but it is a nice device, and I, and I, I do enjoy u- using it. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what they bring, and uh, let's let's hope that, you know, they get their act nicely together, and... Uh, you know, we can we can look forward to some nice new phones. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. hopefully the Mix Three, which I was really quite disappointed they, they announced, but isn't going to launch until Q1 next year. Well, it's a bit late for launching a, a Snapdragon eight four five phone. Someone said after we were discussing this that uh, it was only the special edition one that's going to come out next year, and that they were still hoping that the normal one might come out this year. Yeah, well, that would be good. I but, think they really, really ought to try and get it out this year. It's, it's, you know, it's going to start looking like an old phone before they're not very careful. Yeah, so that'd be, yeah, keep an eye on that, and and hopefully they make it big. So, yeah, yeah, okay. definitely. definitely. But before we move on to all things Apple, because there's a few things uh, that got recently announced, let's finish off your holiday with your hire cars, and we can exchange hire car stories. Yeah, yeah, well, that's interesting. Well, I, I, um, I, I hired a car from uh, Hertz. And um, just about the only notable perk from from one of the uh, places I work with is that they managed to get some deal that, that gave everybody a, a Hertz Gold member card. So is that I like bo- the sort of uh, Amex Centurion card? Well, no, I don't, I don't think so. It just basically means that when you turn up at, at, at Hertz, they've already got your driving license on file. They're supposed to upgrade your car if they've got a suitable upgrade. Well, that has happened to me once, but most of the time it doesn't seem to make any difference. Um, but they're they're basically looking for sort of ways of sort of trying to make sure that when you hire a car, you hire it from them. And um, on this occasion, they said, "Well, you you're hiring this for a week." Uh, so you're entitled to a free Wi-Fi device. And I thought, well, hmm, okay, uh, that could actually be really quite useful because I was away for 15 days. Um, you can use quite a lot of data in 15 days. I mean, we were downloading uh, TV programs and things. Um, so when I got to the airport, I asked about it. And they said, yeah, yeah, that's fine. You're entitled to that. Um, and I said, well, how much data can you use? Oh, it's unlimited. So I said, do you mean unlimited, unlimited? And they're going, <laughs> they're going, we mean unlimited, unlimited. It was quite funny. Um, but the long and short of it was, what they actually gave me was uh, a Huawei phone. I didn't actually work out which one it was because the menus were all really locked down. You couldn't get as far as settings or anything like that. It had a curated version of the Play Store on it, so you could, for example, get Waze on it and uh, Spotify and whatever. It had... Uh, a single button that was supposed to remove all of your data from it. Well, I didn't try that out because I didn't put any data in there. No. Um, but its main function was um, uh, you have this unlimited 4G data. Uh, it had a hotspot function, um, which I used pretty much every day till the car went back and went through quite a few gigs of data. Um, you could use it for making uh, calls on Skype or something like that, um, Duo, you know. That sounds really good. Did it have a nice mount in the car? It wasn't just sort of you no. having to keep putting in a micro SD, um, micro USB cable and having it sort of rattle around on the. It was literally footwell. just. It was literally a phone in a case, and they gave me a car charger and power cable. And right, that was that okay? Um, so no, it wasn't fancy in that sort of way, but it, it in terms of a nice perk, it was great because oh, it sounds brilliant. Yeah, uh, you know, every time we we rocked up somewhere, on went the hotspot. It was. Faster than the hotel Wi-Fi everywhere we went. Um, I mean, basically, it was Vodafone 4G. So in Spain, they've got quite a big investment in 4G+. Plus. You know, e- even out in the sticks where we were the first uh, six days, 
uh, we were getting 4G plus, we were getting sort of 60, 70 megabit downloads, which is just unheard of on holiday. And, and the fact that it was unlimited was even better because of course you meant you weren't sort of thinking, oh, how much data am I using, whatever. Um, at the end of the holiday, we gave the car back three or four days before we came home and had a long weekend in, in Madrid. Um, and, and sort of, I suddenly became conscious of how much data we were using. It was quite funny, really. I mean, as it happens, we, we obviously got enough because I've got enough for, for the whole holiday before the Wi-Fi device turned up. But it was a really quite a nice perk. I was quite impressed with Hertz for that. Um, if I'd lost it, they'd have wanted 300 euros compensation, which would probably have been a bit over the top for it. Because it, it well, that's fair it, enough, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it it wasn't the cheapest Huawei going, but it wasn't a very expensive one either. Um, but I think, yeah, it wasn't an outrageous price. You know, if you lose the cables, we want 25 euros. Well, yeah, fair enough. Um, there was a whole whole list of things. You know, if you smash the screen, it's 180 euros, that sort <laughs> okay. of thing. Um, okay. Sorry, no, that wasn't a pointed comment. Um, but it was it was just a really nice nice extra to have. Um, the only, only real downside to it was it, it charged over micro USB and everything else I got was either Lightning or, or USB-C. So that meant that I had to keep juggling the charger to make sure I got a spare socket. But other than that, no, it was it was a really good perk and and. If you find you qualify for a, a, a Hertz Gold membership, uh, I'd go for it because they they're not not been not been too spectacular until now. But that I thought was yeah, it, it it's got a, it certainly saved me a lot of worry about was I using too much data. But I thought it was actually genuinely quite a nice perk. Yeah, no, that sounds like a really sensible perk as well. Mm. So, um, and especially if you're going to, uh, well, I don't want to move on to the subject of the EU, but especially if you're going to a non-EU country where you couldn't have roaming and maybe the data would be a little bit expensive or you'd have to faff about getting a local SIM card, then if they just gave you a hotspot that you could use and presumably you just yeah. take it with you outside the car and it all works nicely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we used it most of the time in the in the hotel rooms, actually. Um but yeah, you, I mean, given that it, what, it was set up to allow you to use Skype and whatever, you could have just wandered around with it as a phone. Fantastic. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, I was impressed. Well, uh, I'll just skip over my uh, experience with a uh, hire car because uh, <laughs> I used uh, Eurocar and I hired. Well, this. Well, I'll give you the full story actually. So, I, I saw where our holiday village was or villa, I should say, and. Um, the airport and i could see that there was a, a bus connecting them and the bus was going to cost me three euros each way and i thought okay fantastic uh, i don't have to get a taxi or anything i've got this uh, total of six euros to do all my transport and um i spoke to the friends that i was traveling with and they said oh no 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 everyone's got to have a car so that we can all go out uh, to all these day trips and everything and i thought mm, okay uh, we better do that if i spend some money getting a higher car so i spent couple of hundred pounds getting this uh, Fiat Tipo as a hire car and got to the airport, uh, took lots of photos of it because I didn't want to you know, get charged any damage money. And uh, I actually found a little defect on it on the rear parcel shelf. And I went back in and made a big deal of telling them about this problem. And they sort of said, yeah, that's fine. Um, I didn't think anything of it. Drove it to uh, the holiday villa, had a fantastic holiday. Uh, Obviously, never drove it a single time and it just stayed in the garage. There was enough spaces in uh, other people's car that I could just share those. 
um, and then drove it back and uh, didn't mm. think anything of it, handed it back. And uh, he managed to, the, the guy who was taking it back and putting it back into the fleet, managed to spot a scratch on the alloy wheels. And uh, I can only assume that I must have initially just, because it was quite dusty when I picked it up, I must have thought it was just like a bit of dust on there. But yeah, mm. it was some weird scratch. It wasn't like he'd scuffed it on a curb. It looked a bit more substantial than that. It was weird. Anyway, it was definitely not, it was definitely damaged. Something had gone wrong with it. And he said, oh, no, you've done this. And I said, oh, no, this is going to end badly. And he forced me to sign an acceptance on the on the return thing that said, yep, the scratched alloy. And um, but he said to me, oh, don't worry. It's in the car's in good nick. You, you won't hear anything more about this. This is fine. Don't worry. So I thought, OK, uh, you know, I, I'm dreading it now, but I've, I've got some optimism because of what you said. Um, and yet, lo and behold, Less than a week later, I had an email saying, we're going to charge you for this uh, damage. Mm. Uh, and I looked at the invoice and it was another £300. Ooh. And uh, so my £6 bus trip had suddenly turned into a £500 uh, journey. Mm. Um, luckily, I got in contact with uh, American Express, uh, went through their process of uh, disputing a claim. Uh, disputed it. They gave me the money back straight away. I sent the pictorial evidence that I had uh, back to Eurocar, which you could just about make out that this scratch was already on there from a video that I took of the outside of the car. Mm. Sent all that off and um, waited to see what happened. And uh, Amex came back to me and they said, okay, we've cancelled that extra 300 quid. And yep. uh I thought, oh, that's fabulous. And then I got a letter back through uh, Eurocar saying, oh, we're not very happy that we've not been able to take the extra payment that uh, we were trying to. No mention of the fact that I disputed it and um, said, right, never darken our door again. You're no longer allowed to hire a Eurocar car um, and we're going to try and, you know, we'll pass this on to our lawyers, et cetera, et cetera. So I thought, OK, fine. You know, I've written off using them again. Um you know, I'll, we're square and I'll just have to use Hertz or whoever um, going forwards. And uh, the interesting thing is a few weeks after that, I got an email. Uh, was it an email or a letter? I can't remember whether it was an email or a letter saying, oh, we've just reviewed your case. Sorry about that, Mr. Honeyball. We're going to give you a refund on the extra charge. Uh, don't worry about it. Now, of course, I'd already got a refund on the charge because uh, I cancelled the credit card. So now you're in profit. Yeah. So now I'm in profit. So now I'm uh, trying to get square because I don't want to be unnecessarily uh, up because that's not what I was after. I just want to be square. So I've emailed them back and said, you know, I'm still up here. So you might want to think about how we can get square. But because they take so long to respond, I haven't heard back what they want to do about that. But yeah. Uh, they got there in the end, so. Well, as long as they unban, yeah, let's hope they unban you. And um, I mean, it's, it's so difficult when you hire a car, isn't it? I mean, when we picked that car up from Hertz, we went around the car and photographed everything. And after your experience, we photographed the wheels as well. Yeah. And and sure enough, two of the four alloys have got big scratches on them. So I went back over and said, you know, put this on the. Oh, no problem. Put some mark on the sheet. Signs yeah, off and all. Yeah. Yeah. No bother at all, but you just kind of wonder if, if we haven't gone over there, yeah. would they have tried the same thing? It makes you wonder, it might be quite a nice little learner, mightn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, alloys are going to get scratched. People yeah. are not going to notice that the alloys are scratched when they pick it up, because I was looking for dents. Yeah, exactly. You know, that I thought, right, the thing that they're going to 
pick up on is that there's going to be a little dent in the bodywork. So I went around all the bodywork taking photos of it. And of course, I didn't take photos of the wheels. The wheels were a bit mucky. You're not going to notice that it's got a scratched alloy. And when they come back, they're always going to be able to say, oh, you've got a bit of a scratch on this alloy. Scratch alloy yeah, they're exactly. always going to get scratched. Exactly. So, yeah, it was... Um, I think that is the game they play, to be honest. It was a very bad experience that ended up to be okay. So, yeah, let's uh, put that to one side. Take Eurocar out of the bad books and uh, on we go. So yep. I suppose the main subject of the podcast now that we're coming up to sort of five minutes left is um, <laughs> the Apple launches. Um, yeah, the Apple launch. Well, um, how do we sum up the Apple launches in a in a phrase? I was massively disappointed uh, because Mac Rumors actually uh, uh, did in their live reporting of the presentation said there was a new Mac Mini, uh, sorry, iPad Mini, uh, and that's what I really would have liked—a new iPad Mini. Um, now, okay, there are some rumours there's an iPad mini coming, but I want it now. Yeah. But did you notice the fact, this is the real giveaway, I think, that it is coming, is that the iPad mini was shown, it was mentioned, they yeah. weren't hiding it away, no, it they were saying no. their iPad mini alongside the iPad Pros would have diluted it a little bit. That show was purely uh, iPad-wise for the Pros. So I think what they'll do is next year spec bump the iPad generic. And then mm. reintroduce the iPad Mini. Yeah. And what they might do is make the iPad in the same way that the iPad generic is an iPad Air one with updated uh, CPU. Yeah. Mm. I reckon they might revert the iPad Mini to be a non-laminated screen. Maybe you know, maybe cut a few other corners. And sort of have that out as a as a mini that's basically the same uh, spec as the generic iPad because that makes sense to me. So then they have the mini, the normal, and then they have the pros. So that's fine. But what I'd like is an iPad Pro in the mini size format because actually well, the mini one is the one I use the most. In fact, but the mini. So therefore, I guess if you take my theory to its conclusion that the mini would have pencil support. Because the Ooh. normal has pencil support now, doesn't but which, it? But which pencil? Well, the crayony generic <laughs> pencil rather <laughs> I, than the snazzy magnetic pencil. I mean, to me, I think this is actually the biggest, uh, in some ways, the most interesting thing. I mean, we could talk about the fact that all of the prices have gone up. We could talk about the fact that the technology has, has advanced. But the fact that they've chosen to make the iPads USB-C, well, it, it has all sorts of implications. I mean, the first thing is... We now have a whole load of new Apple dongles connecting USB-C to various other things. Oh, you should um, have you should have already bought those dongles for your laptop. Well, yeah, yeah, maybe I suppose. Um, but the other thing that, that's a bit odd is, uh, does this start the end of the Lightning connector? Now, actually, I think the Lightning connector is be- better in many ways than USB-C, um, but Apple chose not to license it when they could. But are we really going to have a situation where their laptops have uh, USB-C? The iPads have USB-C, USB-C, or at least the top ones do, and then the phones and the lower iPads don't. I, I you know, kind of wonder whether this is the start of the end for the Lightning Connector. I'm not sure. I think I'm 50-50. You know, they had ample opportunity to go USB-C on the iPhone X, mm. um, less so, I guess, on the iPhone XS because it's just a an S bump. But, yeah. you know, the... The the iPhone 10 was all new. It was all screen, all new, new design style, new swipey interface. They could have quite easily have just said, and the, you know, the 
interface is now USB-C. So I'm 50-50 whether they're going to do this, to be honest, because mm. I'm not even sure they're going to put USB-C on the, let's say, the 2019 iPad, the generic iPad. I'm not sure they're going to put USB-C on that, you know. It's interesting. I mean, Because they, they're kind of putting the USB-C on the uh, iPad Pro to say this is a bit like a laptop. And to prove it, it's got a laptop uh, socket. They're so desperate for it to be considered as a laptop, aren't they? By putting, you know, going on about the pro apps and giving it a keyboard and all the rest of it. I think they're saying, look, this is a, you know, take this seriously as a laptop-ish type thing. And because it's got the port, it's got the keyboard, etc. I mean, it really does strike me as a bit silly that, that, you know, you do this, you have to have new dongles. The old Apple Pencil doesn't work with the new iPad. And so you have a new Apple Pencil. It, It just... As a strategy goes, I don't think they really know what they're doing. That's the problem. In some ways, I would agree with you. But of all the things that I get wound up by on Apple, the new iPad Pro is probably not one of them. Because I think, and, you know, I use my iPad Pro. I've got the 12-inch one. I've got the keyboard. And that is my laptop. So, well, you know, I don't try and pretend that it's, you know, anything other than a big iPad, which is blisteringly fast with a fantastic screen but that's what it is and that and that's how it works and you know my my laptop in inverted commas around the house is my ipad pro now it was an interesting exercise actually i went to um book a holiday the other day Mm. and i could have done that on the ipad pro but i still did it on my desktop yeah, I have the same experience whenever I book travel. I always always end up doing it on the desktop. Yeah, and I think that's a good litmus test. I think you could pretty much do it. You could have, on the iPad Pro, you could have split screen, so you can have your um, holiday operator on the left, you can have TripAdvisor on the right, and you can sort of do it. But nothing beats the speed and the precision of a mouse, a keyboard, handful of windows handful of tabs you know yep. i can nip between them at the speed of light yeah you know, i agree we're not quite there agree. with the ipad pro but that's not to say that the ipad pro is not a fantastic device and if you're just browsing a single website there's nothing better and the split screen gives an element of uh, multitasking which is fine and, and it's occasionally useful but um you know, I, I, I don't have any problem with the iPad Pro. I think I don't happen to use an iPad Pro at work. But if the company wanted to give me an iPad Pro and say, that's your laptop, I could make that work. Definitely. For what I do day to day, and I can mostly just in Outlook and, you know, email, calendars, um, maybe a little bit of um, some of our web tools, but they generally are all web tools. So, you know, I could quite happily use a uh, an iPad Pro, but I wouldn't consider it as an equivalent or an equal or a better to uh, a macOS device or a Windows device. And it, it kind of, it kind of, I get a little bit annoyed at people saying, oh, they're going to turn, you know, they're going to deprecate macOS and they're going to concentrate. Everything's going to come to the iPad Pro. The iPad Pro is going to be able to run Xcode and all this kind of stuff. And I just think, really? You know, I don't think so. You know, it's certainly not what I think they should do. No, you know, no, nor me. Nor me I mean, that. it's a bit like saying, well, I mean, let's be honest. Everyone's PC now, if we talk about personal computer, is their phone. Yeah. Yeah, but you're not going to develop software on your phone. You're not going to edit reams and reams of video on the phone. The fact that the iPad Pro is, is quite good for creative stuff, drawing, 
uh, editing photos, um, putting video together. It's quite good for that. But it's not a PC. It's not a general purpose computer. It's not going to replace the mainframe. It's, you know, in the same no, way that no. your uh, Amazon Alexa is not going to replace your PC. You know, this thing, we're finding different niches for different devices. And I'm really happy about that. I think smart watches are great. I think smartphones are fantastic. I think uh, iPads are, f- are fantastic as well. I think iPad Pros are really great. And they are a little bit of a different category to the just a normal tablet. You know, an iPad Pro is a totally different beast to a Kindle Fire. But yeah. Oh, yeah. they are still different. And, and it's still better to uh, do some things with a keyboard, with a mouse, with multiple screens. And the more you try and if you if you go too desperate to try and turn uh, the iPad Pro into a PC in inverted commas, you're going to wreck it. You're going to wreck what makes it so good. The ease of use, the speed, the simplicity. You'll wreck it. You know, can you imagine like having a window manager on there? Or a mouse pointer. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, uh, I, I couldn't begin to contemplate using any iPad as my main computer. I mean, I, I'm actually sitting in my office this, this evening and uh, looking at what's on, open on the computer in front of me. I've got five separate Word documents, seven separate spreadsheets, two two Adobe Acrobat yeah. files. Yeah. You know, uh, you, you imagine trying to multitask around that. That's yeah. ignoring that's ignoring the web browser. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. Also, it's also ignoring uh, ignoring one of the bespoke programs I use. So. Yeah, it's a great device, but it's never going to replace a, um, a laptop for me, I don't think. But that's um, not to say that I don't want one. I look at this, even though I've got no, my, no, my no. 12.9 uh, previous generation um, iPad Pro, I look at this, I think, oh, I'd love that. And, and, and I kind of regret getting the 12.9 and not getting the 10.5, so it's a bit more portable. And I also regret not getting cellular. Because mm. you know, I, I I tend to take um, my um, my older iPad that's got cellular out if I'm going out somewhere. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would love the 11 inch one seems quite nice. I'd love the 11 inch one with the keyboard, with cellular. Might get away with 64 gigs. That's what I'd want. But you know, you are going to pay a lot of money for that. But you 11, know, 11 11 inches. Go on, uh, 64 gigs. Wi Fi and cellular, £919. And, and oh, no, plus thing, a keyboard, so that's another 150 quid or yeah, whatever. Exactly. And, and actually, I don't think I, I've managed to cope with 64 gigs very happily on my iPhone using streaming services. But yeah. Whether you, whether you do that on an iPad, I don't know, because I'd have thought part of the idea there is to take a load of material around with you. Yeah. So you, I suppose there's one thing is downloading films, and then the other thing is. Uh, having video on there that you can edit you yeah. know so you might have some some big big video on there that you could edit or some lots of photos that you can edit so yeah 64 may i mean i've never bumped into that problem uh on my one but maybe if i had a new one i'd use it for more things and maybe i would want a bit more space but yeah i um i have a lot of problems with the way that apple positions its products and prices its products but i don't actually have a problem with the ipad pro i think it is basically a really top end laptop type device not not contradicting everything i've just said and so i think that given how fast it is how how much of a joy it is to use uh how the trouble is you look at the price of that and you compare that with um uh, a, a surface pro in many ways you yeah, get a lot more computer in a surface pro yes but a surface pro is a is a fairly isn't is no way near as elegant and as oh, no, 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 uh, no. sophisticated and fast and quick as an iPad Pro, even though it's you know it's nice and it's it's got all that flexibility, and if you want to drop down to a 
a terminal or you want to move some windows about you can do that but yeah i don't i don't i think microsoft yeah i think they've they've got some good devices out now in the surface line um and they do the best with what they've got in terms of their operating system but I do think that if we're talking about tablets, even tablets with bolt-on keyboards, that you want a full-screen OS. And they, Windows tried that. They gave up on it, which I think was probably not the right thing to do to just give up on that because now they're left with just a windowed operating system and that's not great for a tablet or a phone. And they've completely dropped out of the phone market now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe you should be on the waiting list for a, a Pixel Slate. Well, I'm not too keen on that, to be honest. Um, mm. If you gave it to me, I'd quite happily take it. But <laughs> I don't know. I think, again, uh, Google need to look at what makes the Chromebook so nice. It's a full browser and that's it, mm. you know. And if you're just doing browsing, you don't need a touchscreen. And, you know, there's complexity when we talk about adding on an Android app. It's cool. It's really cool that you can run an Android app on a Chromebook now. And it's cool that you can run Linux apps. But would you want to? I think we've sort of mentioned this previously, that the thing that's so great about the Chromebook is that it only does one thing. And it does that thing so brilliantly, so quickly, so conveniently, and so cheaply. You know, the good thing about a Chromebook is you can get a 250, 300 quid laptop that's as fast to get stuff done on the browser as a top end MacBook, absolutely right. I mean, I mean, you know, my my, my um, MacBook at the moment is getting very long in the tooth and, and more and more sort of shuddery as I try and do things with it. It's a twenty twelve one that I've put an SSD in and up the RAM and whatever. And I keep looking at the price of replacing it and thinking, well, don't know, I can really justify it. And I, yeah. I think partly this is this is. I mean, we've seen a lot of these prices this year on the new Apple Kit have gone up a lot. I think that's partly a self-inflicted injury because they left these things not upgraded for such a long time. Is it fourteen hundred days now on the iPad Mini from the last upgrade, something like that? Oh yeah, yeah, long time, yeah, long, long time. And that that's true of the MacBook Air as well. That's that's being upgraded now. Yeah, and quite so- a lot of the kit. So let's move off those iPad Pros. I think we're both in agreement that this these are very sexy devices that we would want but haven't quite committed to uh, parting with all the cash on. Yeah, I think that's probably about right. Um, the MacBook Air, I probably do have a problem with. So, yeah. uh, what problem you got with that? So uh, let me ask you this. Well, the thing is, I don't know if you're going to give the right answer to this, but I'll ask you a question. <laughs> How did you get into the Apple ecosystem? What was your gateway? Uh, it was a, was it a first or a second generation iPod? Yeah. And mine was an iPod touch closely followed by an iPod shuffle. I mean, to be honest, I had had a, a, a Mac about eight or nine years before running Mac OS seven, but that was because a particular job I worked on, uh, insisted on it and yeah. provided me with one very cheaply. It must also be said. Um, and really that's a bit of a different kettle of fish than the Mac OS ten. So anyway. I do I do think you need these gateway products. And yeah. uh the MacBook Air wasn't quite a gateway product, but I when I bought my first MacBook, I got the eleven inch MacBook Air. Mm-hmm. I got it in, at an airport, so I got it a bit of money off. I think yep. it cost me six seven nine 
It was about uh, that, wasn't it, when it first came out? Yeah, and I thought, well, this isn't so that that would have had some money off because it was at the it was at Heathrow or Gatwick or whatever, so it's like fifty quid off or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I thought, this is a very very expensive laptop for me. It's only a couple of years ago, only probably 2013, 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is a very expensive laptop, but you know, it's a bit of a treat. Um, you know, uh, and I just thought, you know. I'm gonna I'm gonna get the best in inverted commas and you know I'm gonna I'm gonna go for this, but six seven five is very different to eleven hundred quid or twelve. It's twelve hundred quid. It's isn't twelve hundred. It? I think I'm just gonna check it actually. You you stopped stopped handed back before I was quite ready. Mostly because clicking on bar. Oh, here we are. It's woken up now. Choose your new MacBook Air and select a finish. Uh, thirteen. Well, thirteen. Is there an eleven inch? Well, how will manage that? Is is there is there an eleven? There is, isn't there? Yeah, it's a, they just launched so it. So why, why can't... Yeah, that's what I thought. Why can't I see the option to pick the 11? Oh, no, oh. sorry, sorry, sorry. It's just 13 now. Just 13. Yeah, right, yeah. okay. That's why I can't see the option then. <laughs> um, yeah, the cheapest one is yeah, 1,200 quid. 1,200 quid for a entry-level laptop, given that we live in a, uh, you know, a world where 300 quid Chromebooks come out of our ears and 300 quid... Um, fairly awful Windows 10 laptops come out of our ears. Mm. 1,200 quid's ridiculous, in my opinion. No, I agree. And and I think it's it's interesting. I think they, despite having this huge infrastructure of shops, I think actually they're targeting themselves more at the business sector now. Yeah, and I think if I got that as a business laptop, I'd be over the moon. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, I you know, obviously deal with a number of companies, and I can think of a couple who were really very, very, very pro Apple, who over the last three or four years have basically ditched every Apple they've got because they say, uh, you know, the Apple stuff is high quality, it lasts a long time, there isn't a problem with it, but we can afford to buy and throw away two other uh, laptops if they're running Windows before we even start to contemplate the cost of having bought yeah. the equivalent Mac, and, and you can see the point, can't you? You know, lovely screen. It's got Thunderbolt rather than just the USB C of the of the twelve inch MacBook. Um, same keyboard, which is a bit disastrous, um, but okay. Um, but yeah, just the price. I think for that spec, eight gig of RAM and hundred twenty eight gig of uh, storage. If that was six nine nine or even seven nine nine, I think that's a really great device. And I know that that kind of throws a bit of a spanner in the works of all their other pricing, but I do think they should have an entry-level laptop, which now they kind of don't. But there we go. Uh, that's the MacBook Air. The one. So whilst I'm quite... I think the pricing on the iPad Pros is fine, even though it's like 900 quid by the time you've added in uh, probably a grand by the time you've added in a keyboard. I do think the MacBook Air pricing is just too much. Yeah, So yeah, I, think, I think you're right. We're on to the final item. This is, this is the one you want, isn't it? This is the one I'm most excited about. Yeah, so I'm mm. recording at the moment on my Mac Mini. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do various bits and bobs on it. I, you know, edit my home videos on it. I um, do a bit of development on it. I record this podcast, play about with my photos on it. And it is a touch underpowered. And I've always been frustrated that they've not had a more, this is a 2012 model because I want yeah. the quad core. So I'm running a PC essentially that's six years old, which even in this day and age where PCs don't advance that quickly, it's still pretty much out of date. Yeah, I've got a Mac Mini, and yeah, it is beginning to get a bit long in the tooth, but a great device and, and yeah. fantastic value for money at the time as well. So now we have a Mac Mini that, oh, the other, I suppose the other fear with 
because um, the Mac Mini had disappeared. They've not updated it for six years, so you kind of think they're just going to drop it at some point. Um, the other fear is that they would try and just make it into um, like a like an Apple TV or something, and just you know make it so that it only had like one or two USB-C connectors on it or something. You know, there was the fear that they would try and mess with the formula. And what was so great is that they haven't messed with the formula. No. It's still got the full-size USB ports. It's still got a headphone jack. It's still got um, the kettle lead for the power. It's got an Ethernet um, port. You can even upgrade the Ethernet port to 10 gigabit. I mean, it really is it's everything that I would ever... I mean, yes, it's expensive, but it's certainly everything that I'd ever want. Um, you know, I've got a little bit tired of my Hackintosh efforts in terms of stability upgrading. It's always a bit of a pain. Uh, you can never be too sure whether something is because it's a Hackintosh or because there's something else going on. So, yeah, I'm really, again, I've not pulled the trigger on it, but I am very tempted with this Mac Mini. Well, I can see why you're tempted. It's a nice device. It's very powerful compared with the old one. Um, do you really need to upgrade, though? Well, it would mean that I could basically do everything all my pc activities on it so yeah i don't need to upgrade and i probably should hold off on one hand but then on the other hand you think well the price isn't is never going to go down they're not going to probably upgrade it again for another six years so you might as well just get in now on the original one being upgraded to the last one wasn't there well in terms of it being downgraded well, yeah, uh, it, you know, from the original from the original Mac Mini to the one that we've both got, there was quite a long delay there where it wasn't it wasn't upgraded for a number of years. So they they do a form on not upgrading the, yeah. the Mac Mini, or they do what they did on the last generation, which is downgrade it, take away the quad core option, take well, yeah. away all yeah, the yeah, upgradability. Yeah, um, and so in that fact, I I have occasionally because I've got this older model, I've been thinking, well, could I get a new Mac Mini? And I would spec it up. And it would cost like 1400 quid to get a, a decent dual core one. And I'm thinking, oh, that's not great. You know, that's like a 300 quid PC for 1400 quid. It's crazy. But now at least you've got the access to get a six core one. Yeah. You're still going to have to pay a lot of money for it, but it's, you know, probably for, was it? I think for 1200 quid, I could get everything I would want, you know, 16 gig of RAM, decent hard drive six core cpu i mean that's fantastic yeah but when are you actually going to use that extra power in in graphics work i suppose well the, i suppose the one time the one place that uses the power is encoding video yeah so i suppose yeah encoding yeah. and i use imovie which isn't great but i'm just kind of in the flow of it i use imovie to edit my um live photos together and to put my other videos together for off my iphone or all my other phones um, and exporting on that iMovie is painfully slow, even on this quad core. One of those days, I'll get around to doing some stuff with video. Uh, but yes, I can imagine for that sort of work, it would be useful, wouldn't it? I, I was just looking at the um, the spec online. I mean, it's got this interesting new chip as well, hasn't it? This T2 the chip. The T2 chip, yeah. Which I think the main benefit, or yes, adds a bit of security. But I think the main benefit is that it's got a very fast hard drive controller in there so very fast sort of ssd controller in there mm. and it's the same chip that they're using on the uh, imac pros and stuff so i think that uh, i think that's going to be a really nice machine it's it's still exactly the same size i don't know how noisy it's going to be with that six core cpu ramped up i don't know that that's going to cause any issues but um 
Yeah, I think you, I'm... You're uh, kind of hoping not, because you're tempted by this one. Yeah, I think at some point I'd quite like to uh, end up with one of those. But I'm, I'm in one of those situations at the moment where I think we sort of oscillate between having too much stuff and need to sell some stuff on eBay. Oh, uh, yes. And then maybe if I can, if I can generate some money to offset that, then maybe I'll do that. Let's watch this space, I think. So that was the Apple announcement mixed bag, but generally good, I think. Yeah, but I want an iPad mini. And, and I, don't, I don't really want it to be a lower end one either. I'd like it to be a pro level one. I'm not, I can't see that happening. Well, I think it's going to be pro-ish for you because I think whatever they do with it, they'll put the latest um, processor in there. You know, phone class processor in there they put in the minis, don't yeah, they? Yeah, um, But that's still going to be massively powerful. Um, and I'm sure that they'll it'll be um, penable because uh, they've done that with the normal iPad now and maybe they consider yeah. that to be what an iPad should be, i.e. Uh, Apple Pencilable. So I think you'll get close enough to uh, iPad Mini Pro. The only thing will be probably a lack of keyboard connector, but, you know, Bluetooth keyboard, it's just about there. Yeah, not far off. Well, fingers crossed we'll find out presently, I suppose. Is that one actual other bit of news that I just wanted to flag up on Monday? Planet Computers has an exciting new out-of-this-world announcement. So nobody really knows what it is. Maybe it's a new model. Maybe it's an upgrade to the uh, software. Maybe it's an acquisition. But it has to be the, a new model, doesn't it? You'd think it has to be a new model, yeah. yeah you'd think there's a Gemini 2 coming out. So fingers crossed for some good news from them. Yeah, yeah, no, that'd be really interesting. It's really good to see a company put together a niche device and be able to uh, carry it on and bring out a second device, if that's what they're going to do. That'd be really great. Yeah, really would be a plus, wouldn't it? So, yeah, until next time, Richard. (laughs) Okay, James, thanks for the chat. Catch you next time. Cheers, Richard. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.